Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Many years ago, I started, owned, and operated a small business. It was a Christmas tree business where we did everything needed to Christmas trees, from planting to selling, everything except own the land. It was, it was hard work, but we employed a lot of people, and it was successful. And one day, while I was speaking with a gentleman who had a field of trees that needed sheared, I gave him my business card. And on this card, I had the symbol of the fish. It was not a very big symbol, it, just a, a little symbol down in the, the left-hand corner of the card. And, and he turned to me after seeing it and told me that, that he was a Christian too, but that I should probably rethink having that symbol on my card. Now, I, of course, asked him for the reason. And he said that, you know, not all Christian businesses had a great reputation and that that symbol might be off-putting to many. I was, I was uh, uh, eliminating, as he put it, a certain percentage of my potential customer uh, and my potential customer base just with that, that symbol alone. And it was, it was something that I, I really gave real consideration to after I, I listened to him. And I could see his point. On one hand, I was not in any way ashamed of my faith or my political persuasion. But on the other hand, why should I eliminate a large group of customers or, or at least potential customers by doing this? I, I had similar thoughts about companies that, that go woke. Why are they potential, potentially making so many people into non-customers? And they may not fully boycott you, but they will be treating you like, like I treat Target stores at, at, as a last resort. I don't like that Target stores, um, their, their number one charity is Planned Parenthood. So I only go there when I have no other option. I don't, I don't cut off my nose to spite my face, but I don't support them until, well, they're the only option. So it's for this reason that I don't understand companies like these next two examples from the Daily Wire, where they, they go woke and then wonder why things aren't going so well. PayPal CEO Dan Schulman uh, he announced that he would retire from the financial services platform at the end of the year. Now, Shulman, who will continue to serve on uh, the company's board of directors, said that he wants to devote more time to his passions outside of the workplace. He became the company's chief executive in 2014 after a stint at Enterprise Growth President at American Express. Now, the retirement comes months after PayPal, which has de-platformed multiple organizations and um, communicators uh, for their, their political views, had unveiled an upcoming change to its acceptable use policy that would have banned the, the promotion of 
quote uh, what they call misinformation as well as hate violence racial or other forms of intolerance that that is discriminatory now within one day of the daily wire reporting uh, on that policy change which would have imposed $2,500 penalties on users for each violation. PayPal proclaimed that the guidelines were published, uh, quote, in error. Now, PayPal lost $6 billion, with a B, $6 billion in valuable, um, uh, well, uh, valuation, actually, during a subsequent stock market sell-off as thousands of users canceled their accounts. Now, an interview between Shulman and the World Economic Forum published months earlier showed that the executive's approach to business had long involved moving the needle on social issues as well as earning profits. The World Economic Forum is a leading proponent of stakeholder capitalism, on um, which is an, it's an approach to investing that encourages executives to consider the needs of employees and communities and other parties in addition to shareholders and the use of the corporate power to um, advantage uh, political agendas and and, and advance those things on the uh, global community. Now, quote, saying that you have have values and not acting on them is worse than not having any values, unquote. This is what Shulman said. He said that that's what causes employees to revolt, and that's how you sow distrust with customers and regulators. Now, so in in essence, what this World Economic Forum and we've we've done some some episodes on this podcast about the World Economic Forum and this stakeholder capitalism, where um, you know the the dollar is not the number one thing that they are supposed to you know, show their wokeness in order to, to keep other people happy. But PayPal is not the only company to go woke and try to appeal to the left. Walgreens, the, the recent decision by Walgreens to carry chemical abortion pills should concern anyone with a vested interest in the future of the company. This move reveals two very important things about their priorities and decision-making process. First, health is no longer their top priority. I mean, if it were, there would be no question that these life-ending drugs would be kept out of our community pharmacies. Yet Walgreens has chosen to sell these chemical abortion pills for the express purpose of taking a life. Now, additionally, these drugs have been shown to expose women to injury and infertility and domestic abuse and and death. Yet despite this, the company announced in early January that they intend to become a certified pharmacy to carry these deadly pills in light of policy changes at the Food and Drug Administration. Now, when they said, sign me up, they approved to be an anti-health sellout, willing to end life for profit. In other words, sell death. How fitting that Walgreens has has dropped their their slogan, the corner of happy and healthy, right? Uh, However, their new 
their, their new advertising motto, trust, trusted since 1901, seems a little misplaced as well now. Now, second, the leadership at Walgreens continues to display terrible business judgment with the, with the public um, unable to trust them for life-affirming care. Customers should also be worried about trusting them with their money. It's hard to believe the higher-ups at Walgreens have, have forgotten the consequences of reckless distribution of dangerous drugs, namely the opioids. I mean, as, as the settlement of lawsuits brought against them in this, in this matter totals nearly $6 billion. I mean, this sum will pay out to various states over 10 years' time. And one would think that a, that a decade-long sentence for reckless distribution of these deadly drugs would teach Walgreens a thing or two. However, the potential for chemical abortion pills to be a moneymaker seems to have once again clouded their judgment. And the company seems intent on carrying these drugs regardless of the the proven potential risks for women, which include emotional and physical trauma, extreme pain, and undetected uh, atopic pregnancies, which can, of course, cause fertility issues and maternal death. Now, one study even shows how the the 2002 and the 2015, the, the danger of women going to the emergency room following these chemical abortions has, has gone up 500%. These risks all translate into you know, potential lawsuits by, by hurt and angry customers. That is, however, if Walgreens isn't taken to court by the state attorney generals first. Now, if Walgreens thinks they can, they can uh, you know, mitigate legal concerns, perhaps they will find customer anger something to consider. Whether you are a pro-lifer, a citizen concerned for women's safety, or an investor hoping that your stock won't tank, all, all are welcome to join, uh, join us in, in demanding that Walgreens opt out of selling these dangerous chemical abortion pills. And yes, even though Walgreens is the closest pharmacy to our home, we are switching to another pharmacy. So these two examples are just a couple of many where some company leaders will willingly alienate millions of customers for the sake of going woke. So the question is, why? Well, Samuel Gregg, who writes for the thepublicdiscourse.com, says, admit, admit the, the political ads which, with which we are uh, you know, bombarded during every election, one theme emphasized by progressive candidates concerns the, the evils of business. Corporate America is especially singled out for allegedly not paying enough taxes and underpaying employees and underserving customers and exploiting ordinary Americans, right? That's what we hear all the time. Yet the same political candidates are among the biggest recipients of financial support from those who lead and manage the corporate sector. Take, for instance, Wall Street. In, in the third quarter of 2020, Joe Biden and a Democratic Party whose base has shifted to, to the left crushed Donald Trump 
and the Republicans in funding from Wall Street executives. This is despite the Trump administration's lowering of corporate taxes and Biden's stated intention to raise taxes on high earners and to increase corporate tax rates. So you are supporting somebody who is doing all of this against you. One explanation, maybe, for many company executives, you know, public embrace of, of, of progressive causes is that they want to preserve and, and ex- expand their customer base. Younger Americans are more socially liberal, we're told, and want their buying cho- choices to reflect their politics. Economic self-interest, the, the, log- the, the logic goes, compels businesses to adapt to these realities by surrounding and, and, and sounding as progressive as possible. Sometimes this takes the form of organizational changes, such as creating positions like the vice president of diversity and inclusion. <laughs> Few individuals with such jobs seem especially interested in promoting a, you know, a plurality of, of political views within their companies. And on other occasions, it involves vocally or financially supporting various progressive causes or signaling that you disdain customers with more conservative views. There's little doubt that many Americans want their buying choices to reflect their politics. One reputable customer survey, for example, indicated that 66% of respondents believed that it was important for companies to take a political stand. Breaking this down further, it, it, it turns out that this view was held by 78% of liberals, but also by 52% of conservatives. This means that companies that portray themselves as committed to progressive activism risk losing their more con- conservative customers. The fact that, that more Americans consistently identify as conservative rather than liberal should cause company executives to pause before, you know, it, imagining that, that, that being a assertively progressive is a gateway to greater profits. In fact, there is evidence that promoting progressive ideas doesn't increase, or for that matter, undermine profits. Study from the economics of wokeness is is relatively new. But in this carefully framed analysis of several prominent cases, Vincent Harinem, who's, he, he included this, he said, that woke corporate policies do little to positively or negatively impact a company's bottom line. That's a little bit interesting, isn't it? While financial gains are possible, they are minimal. In other words, woke capitalism is, for the most part, financially inconsequential relative to other high-order factors, be they you know store closures or increase production costs. The market is the market. It is unpredictable and it's volatile. It's based on trillions of, of hard to model data points. As such, woke capitalism doesn't move the needle. Going woke won't make you broke, but it won't line your pockets either. <laughs> so, so, so if this is the case, why do businesses get woke then? 
Well, Harnium says that it's it's at least partly about demographics in an area to which, of course, executives and managers pay really close attention, right? They really like their demographics. Millennials, he notes, are at least according to the, the Pew research, the only the only more or less um, consistently liberal generation demographically. For for more, you know, for some companies, this this matters because millennials are or will be one of their their major customer markets. More generally, he says that he he actually maintains that going woke is a relatively cost effective way of placating the activist left and reassuring customers that the company is socially responsible. Sometimes he points out this this um, really it, it can backfire on them as businesses like Gillette and Pepsi have have definitely discovered. The general uh, calculus, however, is that corporate wokeness is one way of getting ahead of the demographic demographic curve. The flaw with this strategy is that uh, it's it's always it, it isn't always destiny. I mean, looking at the 2020 election results, for example, some progressives have observed that the left is losing its grip on specific groups, such as Blacks and Hispanic uh, Americans. As younger members of these groups question and turn away from from their parents' political leanings, once upon a time, most American Catholics regularly voted Democratic, right? And while Episcopalians, well, that, that was a synonym with Republican. And neither has been the case for decades now. So taken together, this indicates that the businesses' executives should be careful before assuming that the statistic nature of any group, social, political, or economic, and, and their preferences. You see, while economic and demographic assumptions, however mistaken, help explain the leftward shift of parts of, of American business community, other other less economic factors are also at work. One is that the, the cultural pressures to which all of us are subject, for instance. Like, like other Americans, many business leaders have studied at colleges that, well, for all their diversity speak, are monolithically progressive in their outlook, right? I mean, CEOs and higher business managers also live in the media environment in which, you know, conservative voices are are token and and stigmatized and there is no no reason to assume that business executives are any more resistant to intensifying progressive influences than anyone else and that applies to the way that they think about economic issues and as as much about social questions even it's it's an it's an error to assume that all business leaders are gung-ho free marketers, right? In fact, many prefer to seek favors from governments and regulators rather than trying to outcompete the, you know, the, their their rival in the marketplace. Some of these executives have also surely, you know, worked out the the the, the PDWs, the public displays of wokeness, and and, and are are one way of enhancing their ability to play the the crony game. So, in other words, instead of trying to you know, outdo your competition and and get profits that way, you go after government money. Now, if a company wants to secure privileges from a 
a heavily liberal legislature, it it can't hurt to emphasize the business commitment to woke causes, right? Because that's where a lot of the governments are at. More generally, many many people consistently prioritize their political beliefs over their economic self-interest, while incentives uh, to focus on the economic bottom line may be greater in commerce. It's not uncommon for business leaders to decide that supporting particular progressive political causes matters more than profit, whatever the consequences of of shareholders and, and, and customers even. And lastly, I think that there, there is the ongoing impact of the stakeholder movement on the business on the business world. Few events symbolize how far such thinking has has penetrated America than the the business roundtable of of 2019's decision by 181 CEOs to commit itself to the the to to leading their companies for the benefit of stakeholders. Now, this comes directly out of the World Economic Forum, and 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 basically what it's saying is this: it's saying for many people that you know we we see business in in, in a different way than what these people see. So many people they they see these words uh, and and they and they're they're like I don't I don't know what the, what that really means to the extent that like stakeholderism holds that businesses should treat their employees as customers uh, fairly and, 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 and honor contracts and obey laws and respect the, the environment and all this kind of stuff. That's all, that's all good things. And people are like, well, that's, that's awesome. That's great. But the truth, however, has steadily been twisted in ways that distract business leaders from their core responsibilities, diminish the the legislative commercial liabilities of the companies they run and allow executives to publicly traded companies to, to insulate themselves from accountability to investors and stakeholders. This is apparent in what is called the pluralistic stakeholderism. So again, what, what is happening here is instead of just focusing in on profits. And if, if you're, you know, if, if you're a CEO, you, your main, main uh, thing should be that you're, 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 you prioritize the, the people that are supporting your business, the stockholders. But in this case, that's, that's not a priority. So ultimately, what is at stake with the, with the leftward drift of so many American business leaders is you know seeking to appease activists, progressive progressives might help alleviate some you know immediate pressure on companies, but it may even seem like like even even good public relations to some. But like all forms of appeasement, this is counterproductive over the long term, insofar as it will significantly undermine the 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 capability of business executives to generate profits and create jobs and build and invest the capital that fuels long-term growth for entire countries. In such a world, all of us, not just business, will lose. And, and Tim Bush of, the, of National Review asks this question. He says, should corporate America become even more polarized? Well, it, it may soon happen. Over the past years, he says, I've spoken with dozens of businesses and, and business leaders worried about the rise of, of local politics in, in the C-suite. A lot of them think it's time to fight back, 
that right-leaning CEOs should mobilize their companies to push against their left-leaning peers. Forget competition on prices and, and quality. There's a brewing rivalry on matters that shouldn't concern businesses in the first place. The roots of this trend are relatively recent, to be sure. Companies and CEOs have dabbled in politics going back decades. But companies have long given donations to politics, and because, you know, across, uh, they, they, they actually have, have given these, uh, these donations to politicians and, and all kinds of different ideological spectrums. But in the 1980s, a lot of businesses broadly backed the economic agenda of, of Ronald Reagan, and, and businesses like Ben & Jerry's, on the other hand, have, have a long association with liberal politics, while Mike Lindell of the you know, My Pillow fame is, is well known uh, as an advocate for, for uh, Donald Trump. But in the last year, corporate America seems to have become more brazenly polarized and, and more openly one-sided even, you know, than ever before. Now, company after company now routinely weighs in on the most divisive issues. And the C-suite takes, take, seems ultimately liberal. See the mass um, opposition to George's election law, for instance, or the enormous criticism of certain states' regulation on abortion, and, and, and deep support for federal legislation that would limit religious liberty in the name of gender equality, among many other examples. Elite opinion overwhelmingly favors the transformation, and, and, and I'm sure newly political CEOs love being told that, hey, you're on the right side of history. There's even a name for what they've been doing. It's called woke capitalism. But plenty of business leaders, they, they don't agree with this brave new world. CEOs tend to fall on the right side of, of the aisle. And, and while the dynamic may be changing, a large percentage of the business community still doesn't subscribe to liberal views. Whether they're Trump fans or, or limited government types or you know, religious conservatives, most have historically steered clear of such overtly political matters, especially in the corporate capacity. Many are wondering, why should I stay silent, though? And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see companies and, and corporate leaders picking sides while, while I, I, dis, I disagree with a, a lot of their positions, uh, I'm, I'm far more concerned that they're ignoring the role of business and potentially even breaking it. Businesses are built to provide the innovation that improves lives. Virtue signaling, well, it tends to distract from the important work. So does jumping headfirst into the divisive world of political um, squabbles, does that do us any good? Well, right-leaning business leaders would, would be foolish to follow this path. As, as, as tempting as it, it is to fight fire with fire, we'd, we'd be far more likely to burn things down, starting with our own companies. Woke businesses are already finding out that customers and activists will target them for their political grandstanding. Four in 10 Americans on both sides of the aisle now avoid companies for political reasons. Then there, there are political ramifications. 
when a business comes down to one uh, comes down on one side of the, uh, uh, of the other uh, on political issues, it immediately antagonizes elected officials on the other side. Take Delta Airlines, for instance, where it made friends of national Democrats by criticizing the, the Georgia voting law, but it also made enemies of Georgia Republicans who control the state legislature and passed a bill to punish Delta financially. The right side of history is only one election away from being the wrong side, with its corporate defenders treated as such. And some companies, you know, they may think that pol- that political meddling is meddling is is a form of insurance, but you know that's a slippery slope to corporate welfare. So if you're depending on the government instead of, you know, trying to to beat out your competition, well, you know, that's not going to last for very long. If the if the business committee sep- separates into liberal firms and conservative firms, some will surely find a, a market niche. But it it does the country no good for business to win some customers by implying that others are n- not just wrong but evil. So, so what's a right leaning business leader to do, or a left leaning one who's concerned about the current trend? Perhaps the best approach is to take a stand against corporate involvement in in political issues. CEOs should speak up and say that businesses is better than than political grandstanding. A new seven-figure-plus ad campaign by Customers First Initiative calls calls out American Airlines and Coca-Cola and Nike with this exact message. Serve your actual customers, not not would-be political masters. The business community as a whole should say the same thing loud and clear. And, and you may agree with that and you may disagree with it. I would definitely love to hear from you on it. Let's make this a starter for a discussion. And you can do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.